Like for Like is a production of Plantastic Fanet Media. For more information, head to plantasticfanet.com. Hey everyone, Joe here. You're listening to Like for Like, a podcast where my friends and I talk to some interesting people about being a creator in the world of social media. My co-host today is Alex. Hey. You'll hear our conversation right after the break. Later, Kyle Crowder will be joining us to talk about his successful Kickstarter and designing custom tabletop accessories through his company, Kepri Creations. As usual, the timestamp for that interview will be in the show notes. Let's talk about putting off projects. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, story of my life. Specifically, like over the last couple weeks, I like we've talked about the, the next Black Fog project a lot. And I, I realized that it had been even longer than I thought it had been since I originally yeah. intended to start on it. <laughs> yeah, it's been a long it's been a long time. Yeah. Um, uh because uh, uh, I record I recorded the first one in I think July of last year. And I recorded all of the second one in, I think August of last year. So Fucking it's ridiculous. been there. It's been present for a while. Yeah. So I found myself asking the question, uh, why do I, or, or we procrastinate we, we, when it yeah. comes to, uh, projects that we're, that we're either passionate about or that we should be passionate about, like projects that, you know, should be exciting and enticing to us as like creatives who want to do that kind of thing. Joe, let's not lie. Things we're good at. Why do we not do things we're good at more often? Yeah, this is true. Yeah. I mean, you may as well just <laughs> go with that. Like, uh, why am I not spending every, uh, free moment working on actual projects rather than just like doodling or watching YouTube and stuff like that? Like, I know people need to recharge and I obviously take time to recharge and, and, you know, invest in my, you know, social life and romantic life and that sort of thing. And and that's all very important. And I'm not talking about that stuff as like distractions because it can be easy to conflate those things. Mm, true. Um, it's, it's probably because we both have mental health issues. Like, you know, if, if we're going to be real, let's be real. You know what I mean? Like, eesh. yeah. I Yikes. guess I mean sorry. I mean that's definitely <laughs> that's, that's a pretty heavy statement to let float in the air. Sorry. No, um, no, you're but okay. I mean, but it's real. It's real, and mm-hmm. you know, it's uh, it's part of real life. Mm-hmm. No, you're you're exactly right uh, on that. As far as uh, as far as the two of us, that is definitely our truth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I also like it's it's obviously not just us and other people with like depression or, you know, personality disorders that deal with that stuff. I feel like it's a pretty regular thing for people who work in creative careers to just like put off projects that they they have genuinely no reason to put off, but it's just something keeps them from getting to completion on a project. That is interesting. Um, I'm kind of tempted to disagree when you say they genuinely have no reason because when you create something like what we do, it does take a lot out of you. Yeah. You know, like if you do, if you drop and do 50 pushups, your arms are going to hate you. Yeah. Um, and if you write a long story or create an EP like you're about to do, <laughs> it takes a lot out of you mentally. Yeah. It is taxing. 
Um, on that note, how's your EP going? Yeah, it's actually going pretty good. After we record this, I, I borrowed a much better guitar than <laughs> the guitar that I normally use. Uh, and I'll be recording this acoustic track for the end of the EP that I kind of hope to have out on Valentine's Day. It's totally going to be a, a cutesy thing because uh, the EP is about, about love, past, present, and future um, and just, you know, dealing with... Um, That's kind of what my next Black Fog album is going to be about. Nice. It's almost like we're in a place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've connected a few times on that. That's <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so so the EP is 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 about um just sort of the consequences of being a hopeless romantic and uh, somebody who is more interested in a more non uh, normative maybe uh lifestyle romantically. Yeah, um Yeah. I get you. It's sort of a, about uh, all of that stuff and and my sort of experiences um especially over the last like 2 years sort of coming into my own as yeah that kind of person and that's something that a lot of people will be able to um relate to of course yeah but the one that's going to come out on valentine's day is uh lady of the golden wood uh at least that's been the working title of it which is a reference to galadriel and uh in lord of the rings nice it's supposed to be like the the most powerful and and beautiful and just generally best elf uh at the time of the events of the lord of the rings so yeah so you read, right, it, cool. read into that whatever you want <laughs> but that's going to be the closer for the album and i specifically wanted the album to end on a on a more positive hopeful note so yeah that's good that's nice yeah cool well again you know i, I really look forward to hearing it and um i really like how we can uh talk genuinely while also plugging your future work uh, right or our work <laughs> and that's really cool uh when this episode comes out it'll actually be february 13th so this is actually going to come out the day before valentine's day so i guess look head to plantasticfanit.com tomorrow to to check that out if i if i release it on time or check the show notes for a link to that um yeah we're super early it's actually november right now <laughs> yeah we're recording this in 2016 uh, <laughs> i don't think our band has broken up yet <laughs> yeah, we're still in the morning can you hear me yeah yeah we can hear you good i this is the only quiet place in my house so <laughs> That's understandable. That's where, to go. where are you? Uh, where are you based out of? Plano. Oh, cool. Right outside Dallas. I, I at least knew that you were you were Texas based. Pretty exciting. It's the most boring place I've ever been to. <laughs> yeah, there there isn't a whole lot in uh, in Plano. Now I'm looking up Plano. There's got to be. We've got a Walmart. That's pretty exciting. This is true. Uh, you have the Interurban Railway Museum. Oh, yeah. It's tiny. It's one tiny little building. It's really not <laughs> worth even going to. The description literally says uh, it traces the history of the Texas Electric Railway and has a vintage rail car. Yeah, it has one. <laughs> That's great. So how was your day, man? Pretty good. Uh, I've been out here doing a lot of sanding today. 
fun. A lot of, uh, uh, also, I paused the laser for this because it was going. I've had at that going, and I've been sanding and also spraying the dry erase spray on lots of stuff. Yeah. So. Yeah, you're in full production mode. Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, on on that note, uh, you want to tell our listeners a bit about what you do, uh, why why you're laser cutting and and dry erase board spraying things. Sure. Uh, so yeah, I had a Kickstarter uh, about uh, I'm not sure how many months ago. I can't remember. Uh, it was a it was a bit <laughs> a while ago, uh, and I I got enough money to get my own laser cutter, and I set it up shop here in the garage. And I'm making dry erase boards for character sheets for D&D 5th edition. And they have uh, the erasable surface that you can use dry or wet erase. I always say dry erase because that's what technically the spray is for. But you can use wet erase markers as well. But it's to replace the paper sheet that you normally use. And it has uh, rotating dials to change your, what do you call it, uh, hit points and spell slots. So you don't have to constantly erase and rewrite stuff. But it's taken me a heck of a lot longer than I anticipated at the beginning because I got overfunded. I mean, originally yeah. I was asking for a certain amount and I got more than that. And so the amount of things that I have to do now is a little bit more than I realized that I would actually you know, be prepared for. So it's taken me a little while longer, but I'm getting there. So <laughs> I'm, ex- I'm excited for everybody to get their stuff, but... It is taking me longer, but that's okay. What has that experience been like uh, as far as like interacting with the supporters on Kickstarter and stuff like that? Well, I mean, everybody's been pretty nice. Before the actual Kickstarter, I had some people that uh, were talking about how it was way too expensive and they were like, you are overcharging people. And I'm, I was thinking, I really can't control that. I mean, <laughs> it's not a cheap product. I understand that. But the people who did back the project, they're very nice. Uh, I've gotten a lot of nice messages recently saying that they are excited to get their product and they are willing to help me see it through so that I don't get discouraged or anything. Because this is my first Kickstarter, so I'm really learning as I go. But people have been really nice, like I said. So it's uh, been an interesting experience for sure. Yeah, I was I was gonna say I was reading through some of the comments on your uh, on your posts earlier today, and uh, yeah, the the community really seems to be supportive uh, and and understanding, which is about what I would expect from the D and D community. Yeah, I'm really glad. Yeah, mo- most people out there tend to be uh, tend to be pretty understanding. It's a, it's a pretty cool community. So tell us about the uh, about the process of putting together that that Kickstarter. Uh, like where where did that idea initially form, and like how did you uh, how did you take that step by step? I was a, you know, just a normal board game player. I didn't really do any of the tabletop stuff, but I had seen online some like board game upgrade pieces that were laser cut. Uh, I know that's a big, big thing on Etsy, especially. Yeah. And uh, I was like, hey, uh, I've got some board games that I like. I want to see if maybe I can design some some stuff to upgrade my board games that I have. And so I went to the local makerspace. There's a tiny little one in Plano. There's a bigger one in Dallas that I uh, was temporarily a member of, but that one's quite a bit more expensive. Yeah. Uh, anyway, the one in Plano, it was a pretty cheap membership, especially because I'm a student. So, you know, I could go down there 
and work on stuff. And because it's so small, there weren't that many people that were using the laser cutter. So I had a lot of time to myself to use it. That's awesome. Uh, so I, I got uh, some big help from all the people there. They let me uh, work on stuff. They told me how to design files for it and everything like that. And then I also had the benefit of a year ago, I was working at a uh, print shop. And so I learned a lot of Illustrator and design stuff there. And so it all just sort of uh, helped me come up with some ideas for, you know, creating stuff to upgrade board games. However, I started playing D&D and I was thinking, there's got to be something better than just a uh, piece of paper. I mean, I guess there is digital character sheets, but I really do. I like the physical stuff at the table. I'm a big fan of props. Yeah. And I actually, I got uh, a bunch of those fantasy coins to give to my players. Those are a lot of fun. I love that. <laughs> so, I mean, the, the digital character sheets, they're good for what they are. And, I mean, they're really useful. But, I, like I said, I really like the physical stuff because it helps me get in the mindset of the game. And I just think it's more fun, in my opinion. That's why I like board games over video games. Yeah. I was like, there's got to be something better than paper. Is there anything like dry erase i mean that would make sense to me but i looked around and i couldn't find it so i was like you know what maybe i should make it and so i i just decided to do a dry erase board and then i was thinking how can i make this better than just a dry erase board because that's not really worth buying uh, <laughs> yeah. and i i figured you know what i could probably add dials because especially stuff like health and, like I said, spell slots that you're constantly changing throughout the game, it gets annoying having to erase and rewrite stuff. So this way, you can just turn the dial and voila, your number has changed. So I just put that all together and I, I went through a few prototypes. Originally, I was going to actually cut out sections of a whiteboard and glue them on in the shapes that the, uh, the little boxes make up for each section of the character sheet. On my Instagram, there's actually a picture of that original prototype, and it did not work at all. It was a disaster. Because <laughs> when you laser cut the whiteboard, the uh, edges get all burnt, and then you can't write on there. Yeah. And then if you overwrite, if like the marker goes off onto the wood, then it's just permanently on there because you can't erase. So uh, I went through a couple of different versions, and then I finally settled on what I have right now, which is the entire surface is engraved, and then all of it is dry erase. So that way, if you go over, you can still erase. Nice. That's my thought process, the planning process. And then um, originally, it was just going to be for me and my friends because uh, I didn't really have any intention of selling it then. However, because I saw that nobody had ever made it before, I figured somebody out there might also like it too. And, uh, I mean, I know how successful some Kickstarter projects have been for some people. And I figured, you know what, I can, I could probably try to do this. I, I thought my product was good enough, interesting enough, to where maybe some people would be interested in it. So I... I uh, took the steps to to set up a Kickstarter. But it really, like I said, it has been an experience. It's not something that I've ever done before. So it's really, uh, really interesting. That's for sure. Were, were there any, uh, were there any big, like unexpected challenges as far as uh, putting the project together? Like both on the, on the design side and on the, uh, the production side? 
Absolutely. I mean, you can't not have problems, apparently. <laughs> I thought it was going to go so perfectly, and I was going to get them all out right on time, but that didn't happen. Uh, yeah, there were lots of uh, issues. Originally, I had asked for a certain amount, and that was just enough to get uh, the laser cutter, and really, that was it. I didn't even uh, plan to have enough to get uh, my shop area set up in the garage because I didn't really think about that ahead of time. <laughs> I had learned how to use the laser cutter, so I, I understood how it worked and how to uh, go through the functions on it and design files, like I said. But I really didn't understand how how much work there is in maintaining it and keeping it working in good condition. Mm, yeah, because I didn't really have to do that at the uh, the makerspace. They had a certain person that was specifically knowledgeable enough to do that. Oh, that's cool. I went with uh, the cheapest laser cutter place that I could find. Uh, at least that was based in America, so I didn't have to pay too much extra shipping costs on the laser itself. But the problem with that is they didn't give me a lot of information on repairing slash maintaining it. So I didn't really know, you know, how much work is involved in that. For example, yeah, it has to stay about 70 degrees all the time, air temperature-wise. So the garage is here in... Texas get over like 95, 100 degrees in the summer, and yep. it ruined the yep. first first laser tube that I got. Oh, damn. And I had no idea that that was going to happen. They didn't give me any information. I mean, it's my own fault for not doing enough research. I thought I had researched enough. Yeah. Like, I, I made sure that I would have enough room in my garage, that I was going to have enough power and route the uh, smoke outside of the garage, stuff like that. But I had no idea about the temperature thing. So that ended up uh, causing a big problem. I had to throw out the old laser tube, and I had to get a brand new one, which is not that cheap, so that was a big expense. And I had to get a more powerful water cooler, so that was another big expense. Uh, and then, on top of all that, I needed to build this little shack in my garage, so that was the biggest expense of them all. Yeah, because that cost me quite a bit of money to build this garage and or build this shack and insulate it. And then I got two air conditioning units, little portable ones that you can put inside, because one apparently wasn't enough for how hot it gets. <laughs> it was just so many things all on top of each other, and it added up a lot of time and money. But yeah, I, I had no way to really know that that was going to happen beforehand. But I got it worked out now for the most part. Of course, now that it's reaching the winter time, it's now really cold in here. So I have a heater in here as well. It's <laughs> like its own self-contained room here in the garage. And it seems to be working okay. Yeah, constantly trying to keep it at 70. Right now it's 68. It's pretty, pretty good. <laughs> but uh, I have this giant temperature gauge on the wall because I realize just how important that is. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that was the big... The big one was temperature um, is the big one that I did not expect, and it caused me a lot of problems and a lot of money. <laughs> we don't have any sponsors for today's episode, but you're supporting this show just by listening. So thanks. If this is your first time here, please subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Be sure to leave us a rating or review wherever you can and share our show with your friends. Word of mouth is really the best way to help us reach more people. Alex, you want to tell the people where to find your stuff? Yeah, I am on Instagram as um, at Alex Shags Alston. I am on Twitter as at Alex Shags Alston. And uh, I'm also on YouTube, but I'm not going to plug that yet because I haven't uh, revitalized it yet. Yes, you are uh, You are in a quantum state of both on and off of YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Joseph R. Strom. And you can check out my blog and probably some music tomorrow as of the as of this episode coming up um, at plantasticfanit.com. You can find our guest, Kyle Crowder, on Instagram at Kepri Creations. That's K-H-E-P-R-I Creations. And head to www.kepri-creations.com to check out some custom tabletop gaming accessories. Now back to the interview. I have, like I said, um, worked other jobs before, but I had to switch jobs up so that I could have more time to work on this. And that was like one of the first things I did once the Kickstarter got completed was quit my old job because it was a nine to five every weekday type of job. Mm -hmm. And so I had to quit that. Um, But this other job, I actually make about the same amount of money working just the weekends. So that's good. Oh, that's wonderful. But it gives me more time to uh, to work on this stuff, which is very good, uh, especially because it's not a quick process to make each one of these. And I knew that going into it, but I didn't realize just how much time it would take to make 80, I think it's 87, 88 character boards I have to make in total. I mean, I've got most of them done now, but nice. it's getting there. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So each one you got to do the, or I mean, not you. Just <laughs> you. I have to. I didn't realize I was I was a part of this. Now I, I didn't know what I was signing up for. Really appreciate it. <laughs> um, actually, on that note, if I ever do another Kickstarter, I absolutely will not be doing one until I can get help from somebody else. Because as a one-person uh, endeavor, this is uh, more than I can really handle. I was actually going to ask, uh, what's what's the next sort of steps for um, for Kepri Creations? Uh, I assume now now that you have the laser cutter and everything, uh, you're you're working, you're thinking about other things. Um, I mean, I have some ideas in mind. Actually, uh, I was talking with I think it's it's called Dots. They make Braille dice. Oh, cool! And they they make stuff for low vision or blind players for D and D or other tabletop games, really. But I wanted to make, and I mean, we worked together on the idea on making one of my character boards, making it for low vision or blind players. So it will have like braille sections. And like, I was thinking of having for things like the character's name or uh, class uh, description, stuff like that, that people are going to change per character Mm -hmm. i was going to put those on each like magnetic pieces and you can just slot them into the board stuff like that that's cool so that the the braille or if they are just low vision like high not opacity what's the right word uh contrast high contrast letters and stuff like that yeah and so that's the next idea but 
I was hoping to do that sooner, but I still haven't finished this project, so I need to finish this one first. But uh, I have a few other ideas that I haven't really uh, written down or anything yet. But I do want to make more after this for sure. But I, I will definitely need to get some help from somebody. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, it's a lot more effort than I really, really can do by myself. But I still enjoy it. I like it a lot working for myself. Yeah. I mean, it's not enough to actually live on my own yet, so I still live at home. But it's something. I hope it will eventually turn into something more. Yeah, that's really cool. On on the subject of Kepri Creations, uh, Alex and I were talking about your logo uh, beforehand. Uh, did you design that yourself? You said you had his, history and illustrator and that sort of thing. Yeah, so uh, because I was working at the print shop last year, mm-hmm. like I said, I got a lot of uh, inspiration and also knowledge on how to use design software and just general design sort of uh, rules and stuff like that. And so at the start of that job, I really, I mean, all I had ever done was art in school. I didn't really do any art for people, like for jobs or anything like that. So uh, I just got the job as like, a, I think this will be an interesting place to work. And as I worked there more, I got more interested in doing design and stuff like that. So they taught me how to use Illustrator. I mean, I did a lot of it on my own time, too, because technically that wasn't my job description. <laughs> yeah. But uh, they also gave me some tips on how to do actual design work. So I got more interested in that, and I wanted to design stuff for myself and other people, too. And um, you know, around the same time as me thinking up this idea for the character board, I was like, I need uh, probably a logo or, or a name or something. Because I, I didn't really just go by my name because that yeah. would be boring. <laughs> and uh, so I was trying to think of uh, how should I how should I call this group or business or whatever. I didn't know what, what to what exactly I was going to do yet. But I was trying to think of an interesting name that hadn't been used before. I didn't have that uh, you know broad of an imagination. <laughs> it's really hard to come up with something brand new like. Uh, I don't know how they came up with something like Starbucks that has nothing to do with with coffee. It's genius. Some of those uh, like product or company names, I mean, they're very distinct. And I wanted something like that, but I just couldn't think of anything. So I was like, well, what's the what's something interesting that I like? And I like uh, Egyptian sort of history, myths, and that kind of stuff. So I was thinking of. Who's the uh, the god of games or something like that? There wasn't really anything like that, but I figured I'm like a creator. I'm making stuff. So who's the god of creation? And it's Kepri. It's the uh, scarab beetle that rolls the sun across the sky. That's the story. Yeah. And so I figured that would be perfect because he, or I guess it's just a beetle. Uh, <laughs> the, I think he's beetle. generally portrayed as male. Yeah, I think so. So yeah, the... The beetle rolls the balls across the sky, starting the universe in motion that was uh, creating all of life. And I was like, I want to I wanna have something to do with that. That sounds cool because I'm also creating. And I basically equated myself to a god. And <laughs> that is really, really blasphemous. But oh, well, I mean, <laughs> sorry for all of us humanists and uh, existentialists out there. I mean, that's, you know. That's that's the prime truth. We're we're all our own gods, right? That's fair. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was like, that sounds like a pretty cool story. I want to do something with that. So, Kepri, I used the scarab beetle, and of course, he's got a little like D twenty 
instead of the sun disc or whatever it usually has. Yeah. And uh, it's just some lines. I want to do something simple enough that I could also laser cut that wouldn't take too long. And it was just two colors so that uh, it's very easy to actually engrave onto stuff. Although, you know, now that I'm saying that, I totally forgot to actually put my logo on my products. Oops. <laughs> too late for net now. <laughs> that uh, Yeah, that probably would have been a good thing to include in the design, but I get it. Yeah, uh, but I didn't think about that until just now. <laughs> maybe, you can, uh, maybe you can burn it into the felt on the back or something. Yeah, I was thinking about that. Uh, or I was thinking, like, uh, I know somebody who has access to an embroidery machine. That would be cool. But that Ooh. would just up the price, and so I don't, I don't think I'm going to do that. <laughs> yeah. I think it's pretty distinctly mine because it doesn't really exist anywhere else. So yeah. we'll see that. And they'll be like, that's Kyle's. And they won't know who Kyle is, but somehow they'll understand that it was Kyle that made that. You'll have to uh, Im- imbue it with some of your arcane essence. Uh, and then, yes. and then maybe be able to communicate with them telepathically. Just be like, "This is mine." Yeah. Whenever they pick it up, they'll just sort of feel my presence there, and yeah. they'll know he's the one that made that. It'll be like a palantir. <laughs> yeah. What do you do for uh, for fun or to sort of creatively recharge? I mean, I I know you spend a lot of time working on your product right now. Um, so, what do you do in sort of the off hours? Let's see. Well, the thing that I usually do is play board games. Uh, that's my big hobby. I mean, that's what I do. That's what I did before this. <laughs> and I, I'm always looking for new stuff to play. Actually, the most recent game that I got was the Fantasy Flight card game. Uh, what's it called? Um, Keyforge. And that's interesting. It's uh, not something I've ever seen before. It's one where you like buy an entire ready-made deck instead of just packs of cards. Yeah, I've heard a lot of good things about Keyforge, actually. I haven't played it myself. Uh, well, I'm kind of on the fence. It's it's okay. Uh, I'm not sure that I will buy any more decks. It's just uh, it's a novel idea, but I'm not so sure about how exciting it is, really. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's something, though. I do like board games, though, so I had to try it out. And I had to see what, what all the hype was about. Of course. So... I actually, I'm working with uh, another person who is making his own card game. He also actually, last year he finished a Kickstarter for his own um, RPG system called Ascendant Destiny. I feel like I saw that around somewhere. Yeah, I actually designed the character sheet for that one. Cool. Which is pretty cool. And he actually, I didn't like advertise that I do design services, um, but he saw my my little... Uh, character sheet prototype and he was like hey i need something like this can you (laughs) work with me on that and i said sure because i was thinking he wanted one of these erasable character sheets and i was like wow this is a great way to promote my product yeah but it turns out he just wanted the regular character sheet which is fine i still did i enjoyed that project and now he's working on a card game and so i'm actually in the well i'm not working on this project or i'm not at work i am working on designing the actual cards and and everything for that which is fun awesome it's a there's a lot of things he needs done but i do enjoy it it's really interesting working on a a brand new card game cool yeah generally i play board games and i do design work and i have done some miniature painting and that kind of stuff although recently i actually it's been like two or three months since i've done any of that my 
uh, miniature pile is not getting any bigger, which is good. I haven't bought any. <laughs> I've stopped myself from buying them because I don't need to be wasting money on that if I'm not going to be painting any. Yeah, exactly. But I do want to get back into that when I have some more time. I just haven't really had any recently. Cool. But those are, yeah, those are the things I do, I suppose. Any other shout outs or anything you think uh, people should check out before we let you go? Yeah. Uh, so actually, I am pretty familiar with, I mean, I've worked with these three ladies, the uh, Terror Muffins. It's three uh, <laughs> ladies. They are all part of this uh, like RPG group in a game they play. Okay. But each of them is a creator. It is the Crafting Muse. She does uh, YouTube videos on making D&D terrain and miniatures and stuff like that. Eris Savad on Twitter. She makes dice trays, dice uh, holders, stuff like that. Uh, it's the Opera Geek on Twitter as well. She is a pretty popular player and she also, of course, she sings opera. Uh, but they, they make up the Terror Muffins, the three of them. Just for fun, I designed them a little logo for their little group. And uh, they did a fundraiser selling those products with the logo on it. And they raised a bunch of money for a domestic violence charity, which was really cool of them to do. That's wonderful. But they also helped me because I couldn't go to PAX Unplugged. They helped me hand out a bunch of postcards that I made. I mailed them over to them and then they went to the convention and handed them out to folks at their little tables. Nice. Which was Really nice of them. So the the three of them have been really big help to me as I work on this project. And they, they've done stuff like that, which is really great. So shout out to them. And I really appreciate them helping me out. Yeah, that's really cool. We'll have to talk more sometime about how absolutely wonderful the D&D community is. Uh, because I could talk about that for great hours. <laughs> yes. For the vast majority of D&D players and uh tabletop role-playing game players very nice i mean you could go sit down at a game at a store and they'll probably let you play with them yeah cool well um i think that's about it wonderful talking with you kyle nice to see you, uh, talk to you guys too well um have a wonderful night uh, good luck with the uh with the lasering and the cutting thank you very much i'm gonna start it right up after this <laughs> <laughs> You can find show notes for this and other episodes at lflpodcast.com. That's lflpodcast.com. I want to thank my co-host, Alex. Hey, glad to be here. And thanks again to Kyle for joining us. As usual, we've got links in the show notes to some of what we talked about today, so check those out if you're interested. Thank you so much for listening to Like for Like. Take care of yourselves. And remember, uh, sometimes you forget to uh, write things at the end of uh, of your, your show notes or your uh, teleprompter or, or whatever it is you're using. And uh, when that's the case, sometimes just talking in, uh, in a voice, you know, without any breaks um, makes it seem like you know what you're talking about, like you're getting to a point like you're going to deliver some kind of uh, punchline or something like that, but you don't even know where you're going. Just rambling sort of um, sometimes makes it sound like you intended to do this and you didn't just uh, forget to write something at the end of the thing. So, you know, what I'm saying yeah. basically is uh, improvise. Yeah, there you go.